Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the 1001 Film Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Gardner, and today we're continuing our Christopher Nolan series. Uh, The next film in his filmography is Memento, starring Guy Pearce, Carrie Ann Moss, and Joey Pantoliano. Um, It's an excellent film. I really enjoyed rewatching it, and uh, I'm going to give you my review and my thoughts, so let's get to it. So right from the opening scene in this movie, um, it really lets you know what kind of movie it's going to be. Uh, it has the uh, fading picture of the Polaroid, um, you know, those old Polaroid picture cameras where you take the picture and the and the picture comes out and then you shake it and, and the, you know, it kind of gets the chemicals going in there and it, the picture develops right before your eyes. Well, this film is the opposite. And the guy's shaking the... <coughs> shaking the picture and the picture is fading um and then you know it cuts to guy pierce and the and the gun flies back up into his hand um after you know because he's doing it's in reverse he had just thrown it down but now it's in reverse so it flies back up into his hand um and this scene um the way this opens really lets you know what kind of movie this is going to be like um that so the the premise of this movie is uh, that this guy played by Guy Pierce Leonard uh, or Lenny as some people call him um, he has short term memory loss and uh, he can't remember things from moment to moment he has um, the technical uh, scientific uh, way to say it is that he has he has enough memory he has working memory. Um, so he can work on tasks that are immediately in front of him, uh, but those, he can't create new memories, um, they, they don't get stored in, into his short-term memory, and then into his long-term memory, he doesn't, um, that doesn't get, it doesn't get stored in his mind, so he's got some problems going on in his head, and, um, this movie is told in reverse, so that's kind of the gimmick or the catch for this uh, for this film, um, and there's a benefit in um, in telling it in reverse. But before that, um, the basic idea is that this guy with uh, short-term memory loss, he is investigating the rape and the murder of his wife. Uh, he's got tattoos all over his body um, with clues and stuff that uh, are leading him to. Uh, find this guy that killed his wife, um, that, you know, he stays, he says he stays organized, and he stays, you know, he does think, you know, he's very repetitious, um, and he always has, uh, stuff in the exact same place, so that when he comes out of, like, uh, you know, he forgets, and then he, uh, ends up in, you know, in a situation where, he doesn't remember the last, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, um, he at least will always know where, you know, where his pictures are, where his keys are, and, you know, stuff like that, so, um, it's told, it's told in reverse, so it starts at the end, and then, um, every scene, uh, that every subsequent scene is the scene before, 
is before chronologically, so it's the beginning of the film is the chronological end of the story, um, and it just goes in reverse. And the the kind of the the benefit of that is that the audience is in the same place as Leonard, um, the guy with short-term memory loss, that he uh, wakes up from being asleep, or he is just sitting, uh, and has a moment of, of, uh, calm or whatever, or he's driving, and then he, uh, just kind of, like, comes out, comes out of a trance, or goes into a trance, and he doesn't know how he got to the room, he doesn't know what he's doing, he doesn't know why he's holding the bottle of scotch, or, or like, why he's running from someone, or whatever, um, so the, the benefit of that is that the audience, the audience is in the same place as Leonard. So telling it in reverse is that when a new scene starts, uh, you know what happened chronologically after that scene to get him to where he was, you know, to get him to where he's going to go, but you don't know how he got there because he, he doesn't know how he got there either. So it puts telling it in reverse places the audience in in Leonard's shoes, and it really takes you along this journey with him, so that he is able to. Uh, I don't know. It's, you kind of relate to him, and you know uh, how he's kind of how he's feeling and why he's confused and stuff like that. Um, and I just thought it was a really good. Uh, way to tell this story for Christopher Nolan to tell this story because uh, if you tell it chronologically and this guy uh, has short-term memory loss then it's, then this movie wouldn't work it wouldn't work at all um, because you would know what was going on from the beginning and uh, the main character would not you would always be ahead of the main character um, and that is just not that's not good storytelling, you know, like, you know, it would get extremely frustrating, it would be like, just like following this guy around that doesn't remember, you know, anything past 10, 15 minutes or whatever, so, um, it makes, it's, there's no other way to tell this story, uh, besides doing it in reverse, um, so I just think it's really cool, and it's, it's, must have been extremely difficult to, um, to structure a film like that, to structure it in reverse, and still have, you know, the three-act structure, and to have, you know, all this character development of this guy who doesn't know how he, you know, ended up in the room that he's in, you know, and stuff like that, um, so I think it's, it really shows, um, Christopher Nolan and his brother Jonathan, their talent as as writers, to be able to write the script and to be able to tell it in reverse. I don't know anything about um, the process of it. I know the the script is based on a short story written by Jonathan Nolan about a guy with uh, short-term memory loss, and um, I don't know... Uh, it would be interesting to know that if in development, if they just wrote out this whole story and then just decided when they were filming or when they were writing the script to just tell it in reverse. I'm sure they would have to know beforehand uh, where, you know, uh, like if they, if they, I'm sure they wrote it out 
chronologically first and then decided that, you know, for this movie to work, they would have to tell it, present it to the audience in reverse. Um, so it was just really, it was just really cool. And, the the performances were great. Uh, Joey, uh, Joey Pants, uh, Joe Pantoliano, uh, gives a really good performance as, uh, Teddy. There's Carrie Ann Moss, you know, who is, um, who is Trinity from, uh, The Matrix. She's, uh, she's one of the main characters in here. And it's just really cool to see all these, uh, uh, to see these performances, um, especially as, as you go deeper into the movie and you kind of realize how all of these, uh, rela- relationships between these characters started, um, and especially the, the ending, um, is really cool. The characters are very well developed, Uh, you know, you know, their motivations are very clear. Um, well, once, once you know, once you know, once you get to the end of the movie, then their motivations are very clear because the ending is a a little bit of a twist. And, you know, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, the twist has to retroactively work and has to retroactively make the film still make sense and still be surprising. And, uh, this, the twist here really works, uh, very well, um, and there, the one part that I really wanted to point out, um, was the scene when he's with Karen, when Leonard is with, uh, Natalie, Carrie Ann Moss's character, and they're laying in bed, and he is just kind of talking to her while she is, like, kind of half asleep about, how he feels about his condition, about how he doesn't even know how long his wife has been dead. He doesn't, uh, you know, he can't, he has no sense of time anymore. Um, and you know, that people say that time, he said, people say that time heal all wounds. Um, and he said, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? Um, and that, and that scene was just very poignant and very, you know, the performance, uh, in that scene by Guy Pierce is very moving and emotional. Um, and the score, I, I looked it up. I thought, I know Hans Zimmer does, uh, now he does most of Christopher Nolan's, uh, films, does the score for, for, uh, Christopher Nolan's films, but... The score for this one uh, was by David Julian, and I had never heard of him before, um, but I looked him up, and he did um, basically all of Christopher Nolan's films before he went with Hans Zimmer. Uh, He did the... uh, uh, David Julian did the music for Christopher Nolan's shorts, for Following, for Insomnia, for Prestige, for, you know, so... He for that first part of his career, they were they they were probably friends. If he was doing the music for his shorts, they were probably friends in like film school or something. Um, so, but uh, in this scene where um, Leonard is uh, talking to Carrie Ann Moss about his condition, the score really comes together and really uh, gives that kind of rising momentum and that rising emotion uh, to the scene. It really makes it a very powerful scene, even even though the uh, the performance is very muted and quiet, and uh, it's in an intimate setting. You know, they're both in bed, and they're, you know they're whispering to each other. Um, 
it really gives it a, a heightened emotion uh, uh, from, you know, adding in the score and having the, you know, the notes slowly rise and everything. It really gives gives you that, it really makes you feel it. It makes you feel his struggle with, um, with his life and it makes you uh, feel his struggle with this, with this condition and the fact that the last thing he remembers before he had short-term memory loss is, you know, seeing his wife dead on the floor and, you know, having been attacked himself. Um, and now all of a sudden his life is gone basically. And he's, his whole life is, is, is dedicated to finding this guy that, that killed his wife. Um, so I just thought, um, this was a very good film. Um, a lot of, a lot of people say it doesn't hold up or that it's overhyped. And, uh, for me, I don't really get that. I mean, it's, um, it is a little bit dated, um, with the, with the Polaroids and everything and, you know, and the huge, the, the biggest plot hole, um, and I tried to look this up and I'm pretty sure it's not possible, um, is for, uh, it's that people who have short-term memory loss do not know that they have it. Um, so how does Leonard know that he has short-term memory loss if he can't form new memories? You know, most of the time when people have this condition that, that you know, they get it and then, um, you know, they have to get diagnosed and, you know, they have to see doctors and psychiatrists or whatever uh, to get it for sure that, he, you know, they have short-term memory loss, and then even if you, if you tell them, uh, that they have it, you know, because they can't, um, because their brain can't transfer their, their memories from their working memory into their short-term memory, and then from there into their long-term memory, um, that they, they don't know, even if you, you can tell them over and over and over, they can't, they just won't go into the, it won't go into their long-term memory, uh, that they have this condition. So that is the, is the biggest issue with this movie is that there is no way for, for Leonard to know that he has short-term memory loss. Um, there, there would just be no way for him to remember that, um, unless, unless he had it tattooed on his body. And then every time he kind of woke up and like lost his memory, uh, he looked at it and then it was reminded you know, it reminded him of it, um, you know, like, he had all the other tattoos of the clues, and, like, you know, John G. raped and killed my wife, and, you know, he's got all this other stuff tattooed on his body, but he can remember that he has short-term memory loss, um, so that's the biggest issue, uh, with this film, and that, but if that's the only thing, then, um, that is a huge leap for, you know, for Christopher Nolan to ask the audience to take, uh, but the, my guess is that a lot of people didn't know or don't know that, um, that people with short-term memory loss can't remember that they have it. Uh, so I'm not, it's not that, I mean, it is a big, it is a big deal. Um, and that has been the major criticism for this film over the years is that someone with short-term memory loss doesn't know that they have, it, it's impossible for them to know that they have that condition, uh, but other than that, this, you know, this film is fantastic, like I said, the performances are great, um, and even it has, I, I just finished watching it just a few hours ago, and, 
Um, the one of the the signatures of Christopher Nolan's films is that he ends the film on a monologue. Uh, he loves to end end the film with the voice with voiceover and with a monologue. And this and this film is kind of, is the first one where it's the monologue of the main character and the score and uh, especially with this one, uh, it's the t- there's a twist and um, it really is everything really comes together there at the end and you finally realize what has been going on this whole time um, and it, and the twist makes sense retroactively so once you go back and watch it again uh, you know what's coming and you know um, how how he gets there and why he's doing the things that he's doing um, and I guess that kind of leads to a second criticism is that this movie doesn't really hold up to repeat viewings. Once you know the twist, um, it doesn't necessarily make the film better. You know, you looking for clues. There are clues, uh, and Christopher Nolan is very good at dropping hints early in his films, you know, uh, you know, giving plants, plants and payoffs, um, are another signature of his that he does really well and that he, um, we'll definitely get better at as we explore his other movies, uh, especially in The Prestige. Uh, that is the one with the most plants and the biggest payoff, in my opinion. Um, and that, that film also ends on a monologue between the two, the two main characters. Um, and, you know, with the, with the rousing score, um, and the emotional score. So, I just really enjoyed this film. Um, I mean, it's, came out in the, you know, in the 90, in 99, I think, 98, something like that, so if you haven't seen it by now, you know, I'm, definitely check it out, I didn't spoil it for you, because, you know, I don't like spoiling movies for people, um, but maybe sometime on down the line, I'll re-review it, and I'll let you guys know the, my thoughts on the actual, the actual spoiler ending, but I've been rambling on for too long, Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. I really enjoy, uh, doing this Christopher Nolan series. I'm going to keep doing it. Um, be sure to check back here every Monday and Wednesday for brand new episodes. Um, and check me out on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow at SMG Reviews. And thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you next time.